RugbyRenegade.com, the number one online strength and conditioning program for rugby. Are you ready to get bigger, stronger, fitter, and faster and dominate your opposition? Welcome to the Rugby Renegade Podcast, where we build machines. Hello and welcome to the first ever Rugby Renegade podcast. My name is Jamie Bain and today I'm going to be interviewing Ed Cosner, who is the strength coach to Ben and Owen Franks, the All Blacks props. But before we get into that, uh, just wanted to explain why we're going down this route of doing these podcasts. Um, and now myself and Dan Jones will also be featuring some of these podcasts. Um, we've been fortunate enough through our careers to come into contact with some of the top strength and conditioning coaches, physios. Uh, speed coaches, nutritionists, um, and also players. We'll hope you get a few players on the podcast as well. Um, and and through that and our own experiences, um, we want to share that with you by interviewing them, so you get some of that information, you know, direct to you to help you become a, a better rugby player and ultimately dominate your opposition. So that's the idea. In the coming weeks and months, we'll have some more podcasts with you know people who are really the top of their field giving you that information direct so hopefully that'll be exciting but anyway on to today's interview um we'd heard of ed cosner i think first from the frank strength documentary which was a documentary on ben and owen franks um and their sort of links with crossfit it was a crossfit funded documentary um and then we sort of stumble on across each other on social media um and suggested it was a great opportunity for ed to be on our first podcast um Really great guy, uh, full of energy, um, obviously be a lot of fun to work with, um, and he really knows his stuff. He's got some serious experience um, and has had some great successes in other sports as well as rugby, but has come now to sort of specialise in working with the, the front five in rugby. So um, when he gets down to talking to training, I'm sure you're going to get some really good information on exercises and, and things he thinks that are important. Um, he really is a wealth of knowledge, um, so we're sure you're going to enjoy this. Check it out. Okay, well, I'm joined here with Ed Cosner, a strength coach who's probably in, in the rugby industry, who's renowned for working with the Franks brothers. Um, Ed, thanks for taking the time to join us. Oh, thank you. Um, Ed, as I said, you're probably most renowned from being in that, featuring that documentary, the Frank Strength, the CrossFit documentary. But it's that's a little bit disingenuous to yourself. You've got a really good background with other sports and you've had success in other sports. So why don't you start by sort of telling us how you got into strength and conditioning and who you've worked with and, and what sort of success you've had. All right. Well, I mean, this, uh, the iron game, as everybody likes to call it, I've been involved in it now for a little over 35 years. Um, started when I was a kid uh, lifting. Uh, this is in the 70s when nobody lifted weights. I mean, it was pretty much taboo for sports. And uh, after the Army, I moved down to Corpus Christi to powerlift um, Texas, just to powerlift for uh, a three-time world powerlifting champion down there. And uh, that's where I really started kind of blossoming with it. And I moved up to San Antonio. When I was training in the gym there, one day a uh, Spurs player came up to me. He had played under at UCLA under John Wooden was a first-round draft pick and everything else. John Wooden didn't allow, like most basketball coaches, didn't allow weight training. So it was going to make him, you know, the normal muscle-bound, you can't move, um, you know, it was going to hurt the game, you know, that person's game. Yeah. And he was watching me, you know, watching me lift. And, and uh, 
asked me about it and heard it that it would help him. It would help improve his game, not hurt it. And David Greenwood and I uh, started training together. Then um, met the uh, Spurs. Uh, you know, talked to some Spurs players, trained several of them. And uh, after a while, I, I started coaching. Uh, it was the World League of American Football that turned into the um, NFL Europe. I coached there for a couple of years, and then started at the. I started going to school because you got to have an education. Just no one told me that. <laughs> You know, hey, world-class powerlifter, shoot, i got to be able to, you know, teach this. So, um, anyways, I started at the University of Texas at San Antonio as an undergraduate student, about 30 years old, and uh, they didn't have a strength coach. They didn't have football then. They didn't have a strength coach. And uh, since I'd worked with David Greenwood and several other Spurs players, I went and talked to the basketball coach. Well, he was more than happy to bring me on and then another team wanted me another team wanted me within my first semester I had all 18 sports um, going to school full-time still didn't make enough money so I waited tables part-time Cranky. <laughs> yeah um, and still found time to lift train everything else so but uh, went off to Baylor University as a uh, graduate assistant strength coach um, studied from a master's degree Worked with my, you know, my sports that I was assigned to football, American football. Everybody has to help with, and then uh, basketball, men's and women's softball, and the track and field was the most fascinating for me because the track coach at UTSA was really helpful in uh, teaching me how to kind of bridge that gap between what we, you know, what strength and everything we gain in the weight room, and how to get it out onto the sports field. Um, he was the one that taught me sprint techniques, sprints, uh, medicine ball work, jumps, and everything else. So, but uh, '98, after graduating, uh, graduated from uh, Baylor, I uh, looking for jobs, you know, goofing off, um, trying to find what I wanted. And uh, Spurs strength coach and I had become friends, and they had the uh, impending labor dispute and '99, '98-'99 lockout, and uh, he wasn't allowed to work with the players, so he had a lot of them come look for me and come train with me. And after the lockout was lifted in January of 99, I got brought in to teach Olympic lifts, to you know teach a little bit more because that's what he wanted to move his way. So got hired by the Spurs. First year I was there, uh, won an NBA championship. I stayed there through the 2003 season, winning a second NBA championship. So really, uh, really started blossoming a lot more even then, started learning a lot more. Um, putting, you know, having a chance to put my, uh, my thoughts and philosophy into, uh, I guess, into training. You know, it's great when you have it for yourself. It's great when you're working with like a football lineman. Different when you're having to work with a six foot, 10, seven foot basketball player. Yeah. And, uh, but my basketball players, I mean, I've had kids that are six foot seven and seven foot tall power snatch off the floor. They squat below parallel. Just because you're tall doesn't mean you're not supposed to be flexible, being able to you know be able to move, being an athlete. Yeah, definitely. Not trying, not trying to be weightlifters, powerlifters, but we're going to lift and we're going to lift hard and we're going to lift heavy. Yeah. And uh, so, but back in 2006, I had a real good mate of mine, uh, Ashley Jones. Yeah. Um, Ashley's in Edinburgh now. Yeah, yeah, I, I know of him. Yeah. Yeah, I've known Ashley since 95 when he was in rugby league in Australia. And uh, I went down to the Crusaders to visit <clears throat> and work a training camp. And I was down there for six weeks, and Ben was starting his second year, and he and I kind of gravitated towards each other 
that mutual love for lifting. Um, Owen was actually just an academy kid. And uh, after the uh, earthquakes in 2011, uh, Ben reached out to me and uh, asked me about becoming his personal strength coach because the uh, guy that he had been using had, uh, had to move away. So I uh, programmed a real basic plan for him. Uh, while, while I was doing that, I really kind of studied my butt off, you know, watching film, watching videos, uh, talking to him quite often, um, you know, via Skype, email, and everything else we could. So I could learn a lot more about you know, the position, the sport, you know, rugby in the United States is just starting to grow. Yeah. And uh, so it was, even though I played, it, it was still better for me to learn that way, um, you know, learn about, learn about it from him. And uh, in uh, November, he asked, well, before that, he asked me if I would come over after World Cup. I ended up coming over and spending four weeks, um, you know, training them. And one day... You know, we were lifting, and it was time to start doing some running, and I broke out some just old agility drills that, that are used in American football from the middle school level all the way through. And a lot of coaches were pretty amazed at that. And Ben was as well. He's like, oh, this wasn't that bad. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And the next day, just tired. Nervous system fatigue. I'm like, oh, look at that. That's, that's what it accomplishes. And uh, Scotty Hansen, who's a coach at Leicester, um, that was his uh, personal coach at the time, um, and Scotty really kind of helped me move him from more football-specific to more rugby-specific by uh, body positions, um, uh, how they decelerate going into contact and everything else. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, I mean, to this day, I continue to watch, watch games, and I watch the tight five. I, I don't watch a lot of other parts of it. I, I do, you know, as a fan. But for me, it's 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 more important to watch Ben, to watch Owen, to watch you know other guys that I that I'm around and uh, that I work with, so I can continue to you know work their program. So it's more individual. I mean, I'm blessed where I can do that because I train individual players. Hard when you're a sport coach when you got 40, 50. I mean, American football, 105, you know, football players. Yeah. It's a little yeah. bit more difficult. A little bit more difficult. I'd, uh, but from all this, I mean, Ben has become such a fan of what I do and, and how I do it that he's actually wants to be a strength conditioning coach. Yeah. They're out retooling one of their gyms down in Christchurch, doing some work with the uh, front row club um, and everything else and, and uh, ordering equipment from a friend of mine here that's a uh, Sornex, that's a manufacturer, great equipment here in the United States, um, sending it all the way to Christchurch. So it must be some really good stuff if you're going to put it in a shipping container and send it all the way to Christchurch. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so touching on that, in, in terms of um, kind of the, the mental side of things, mm-hmm. I think there's a clip in, in the Frank Strength documentary where you said when you first started working with Ben, he'd just come off, obviously he was a multiple cap All Black, he'd just won the World Cup, and he came to you and he's like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this. and he's So... He's obviously a very driven guy. I assume, assume they both are. How, how's that work? It must, must be awesome. It's great. It's great. Actually, you have to put a leash and a harness on him and pull him back some. Yeah. So that's even, I mean, as a strength coach yourself, you know that. that that's even more, more, more fun and more exciting to, uh, to have somebody that wants to be in there, that wants to put the work in, that's not afraid of it. 
and uh, you know, instead of having to convince them, prod them, push them that way. Yeah. So, but it works really well. It's, it's like I said, it's it's uh, it's difficult sometimes in that you have to you have to reel them back in. You know, we can't lift heavy all the time. We can't just do this all the time. We have to do other things as well. So, but once I and, I, and I have a real habit of that because I've worked with a lot of like high school basketball players along with my college and, and especially in the NBA, um, even in the NFL, when I've done some training camp work and everything else, you have to, you have to get these guys to buy into what you're selling. And if you're full of, you know, full of crap while you're doing it or you're trying to spout something you really don't believe in or you really don't know because you learned it in a book or you watched a video, yeah, players can see right through that. They want to see somebody genuine. Yeah. You know, they, they, that's the way that they're going to buy into it. So I can get guys to do anything. I mean, I got a kid that was six foot seven to power snatch 105 kilos and power clean 160. Nice. So, you know, and he was a 105 kilo basketball player. Yeah. So you really got to be able to do that. So Ben and Owen are a lot of fun. They're really driven, like you said. It uh, makes my job doing online training even easier because I know that they're going to do exactly what I tell them to do. Yeah. So, so touching on what you said, and obviously with your basketball background, it must be a massive help. But I think sometimes, um, and especially in rugby, like you say, with you've got these guys over, you know, six five, um, up to six ten, who mm-hmm. I think we kind of say, oh, they're tall, they're, they're going to struggle doing these lifts. Right, um, but obviously your experience with basketball, you, you can appreciate that you can get guys who are even taller than that, who yep. can lift, you know, f- do the full full range Olympic lifts. Right. Um, uh, have you seen that in rugby? Have you seen this kind of this? Oh, they, you know, they can't. They're, you know, second row shouldn't be doing yeah. that. Or and second. and if so, how how would you kind of get them to move away from that and and show them how to do it? See a lot of uh, a lot of hang cleans, hang snatches, um, high pulls, not wanting to catch the bar, which is you know, just as important that being able the abilities, the body's ability to be able to absorb force when it's you know when it hits is just as important as producing force. Yeah. So I do high pulls um, some, but uh, maybe through an injury or we're just having an issue catching the bar, and we're going to go as heavy as we can until we have to go to this. But we're going to continue to work on. You know, catching that bar, we're going to work on on the uh, mobility, the shoulder issues, tricep, whatever it is, um, because that it's real important to be able to catch that bar in the proper sequences. Not you know, knees not going forward, not leaning underneath it. Oh, good grief! We have you know, high school football coaches that have just killed kids with you know this. I call it the starfish catch when their feet jump out from the wood all the way out under the rubber part of the platform and they lean back. Yeah. Looking like they're doing an old school uh, press from the 1970s. <laughs> oh, but there's a there's a girl, um, Andrea Hootie, with the University of Kansas basketball. And uh, I've spoken with her before. I mean, I was doing this in the early 2000s. Now she's doing it and getting very popular with it. She does the same thing with her uh, basketball guys. They power clean. And they hang clean some, but they power clean. You know, they pull from the floor. They squat below parallel. I just, for me, it's getting guys to understand, okay, if you think that you have this, these issues with your flexibility, whether it be ankle flexibility, knee flexibility, hip flexibility, well, how are you going to improve that? 
Well, shoot, power clean is going to help. Squatting below parallel is going to help. You know, I'm not trying to make them big, strong power lifters. You know, we're not sitting back like a power lifter. We're not going like a weightlifter. We're going to go to where they can. Yeah. Um, I use a lot of uh, pause squatting as well. When we first start getting, even with Ben, uh, so, several times, I've, uh, I assign a tempo to the squats. You know, we're going to go, we're going to go down at this tempo. We're going to hold at this. We're going to come back up at that. If, uh, if I see them sneak their feet out too wide, I remind them, or I make them squat in a box. I've uh, had them uh, tape a box to the ground, uh, 24 inches for America. I don't know what that is for centimeters, but I keep you know keep your feet within that because I don't want them sneaking out there, you know, really wide. Yeah. So, but I just think that it's an it's a, it's an important thing um, to uh, to make sure that they're they're strong in all their positions. Because I listen to a. Um, Chrono, uh, Mike Crone. Um, I listened to his son Daniel. Uh, spoke to him quite often. He's with the uh, Hurricanes. It's the scrum coach, right. uh, and, and, and other ones. And that's the one thing that they want to hear. They want to see. They want to see ankle flexibility, ankle mobility. They want to see hip, hip and knee flexibility and, and, and mobility. They want that back to be flat. They want these certain joint angles. Well, we're going to stretch, but shoot, I don't have to do as much stretching if we're doing our lifts correctly yeah definitely so you touched on mike uh, is it mike cron or crone mm-hmm. um oh. and you you worked over in new zealand with him um tell us a bit about your experience in new zealand obviously it's, it's a rugby mad country um yeah. but in terms of like the, the strength and conditioning over there as well well i, I uh i've you know i've been able to speak to mike several different times um trade emails with him and, and that just to uh to further learn about the, what he wants from certain players, I have a habit of going to um, sport coaches and saying, okay, I have your guy, I'm training your guy, give me three things that we're going to work on this, this offseason. You know, I'm not going to sit there and try to evaluate it all by myself, so I'm going to ask him. And he's asked me, you know, asked me certain you know, questions about you know, this exercise or, or this player, hey, can you help this guy out? And uh, so just keep an open relationship with him to, to make sure that I'm doing what he wants done out of his players, not just what I see. And it's the same thing you do. You know, you, you sit in meetings, you're listening, you're like, okay, they need, you know, so-and-so needs that. That's what the sport coach says. Okay. Well I can get him to do this, this way. So that's, that's mostly what that uh, relationship is about. Yeah. Uh, when I go back um, in November, I'll go back down to uh, train Owen for off season and uh, I'll be able to get get and do a little bit more now that they're starting to do the strength training for, um, like I said, the front row club down there. Yeah. And uh, so I'll be able to get in there and, and kind of get my feet wet and uh, actually get my feet dirty and, uh, and and have some fun, you know, doing all of that. Nice. So and it's fun to uh, it's fun to explain to a, a sport coach that's open minded. Yeah, a lot of sport coaches, you know, they especially in rugby in the United States, um, most of the strength training programs are are done by the rugby coach, who has absolutely most of the time no business in the weight room. I don't know how it is over there with with that, but uh, you know, here with uh, even in college because it's club, it's not a varsity sport where they have access to the weight room and that. So they kind of uh, you don't know where they get some of their information from. Yeah, that's that's interesting because. Like I said, obviously rugby isn't very big in the US, but apparently I'm told it's one of the fastest growing sports over there. Is, obviously, yeah. with the <clears throat> with the uh, sevens being involved in the Olympics this year, that's going to 
make it massive. Um, I'm, I'm surprised you're saying that because when I look at SNC over in the States, it, it looks so professional. Like every high school has strength coaches. The, the standard in universities is phenomenal. Um, university is phenomenal. High school is getting there. But if they're not part of the, the university sport, if they're just a club, which would be a outside, yeah. supported some by the university, they don't have access to it. So it's the sport coach doing it. That's interesting. So most, most sport coaches don't belong doing it, that's, you know, for sure. Yeah. And I've never had a habit of, you know, I have convinced sport coaches what we're doing, why we're doing it. I mean, and I get messed with a lot because, I don't know, maybe my personality. I enjoy being around people, so... I, uh, uh, coach Egan, Hank Egan was, uh, coach Popovich from the Spurs. That was his coach at Air Force Academy. And my f second year with the Spurs, uh, my boss was, was away and I was in charge of doing some stuff and had the uh, players out there and I had some agility drills set up. I had some other things set up and, and, uh, we were going through it and coach Egan come in to mess with me. He says, Hey, that looks an awful lot like football drills. I'm like, Really? I really don't believe that there's anything that specific as to just movement. And I kind of went off my way and he said it again. I looked and so I was like, oh, well, you're right. Holy crap, they do do these foot drills in football. Basketball players, uh, they don't they don't change direction. They don't go, you know, they don't go lateral movement. They just jog backwards down the floor and then turn and jog up the floor. So I started kicking all the cones away and everything else. And I put all the guys in a baseline and was yelling that part out. Coach Egan just looked at me shook his head, started laughing, and off he walked <laughs> just to see what I would do. But, you know, you've got to be able to defend what you're doing to the coaches as well as the players and, uh, you know, tell them how it's going to help. But here they they just don't want to so – a lot of them just don't want to reach out. They don't want to They don't want to reach out. And if you didn't play rugby in the United States, you know, here, they, they don't even want to talk to you. Um, I've tried to talk to USA Rugby several times. Here I am training Ben Owen, you know, and a few other, you know, a few other guys and, you know, going down there, um, talking to the, you know, high level coaches that, and, and high level players and shoot, I can't even get an email back from them sometimes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of frustrating. I, I look and I see because I know what I, I really want to do with, with all of it. And I know that I have some unique ideas in that being a, more of an analytical meathead, still a meathead, <laughs> more an analytical meathead. I, I look at things a little differently. My master's is in human performance, which is just physics of human movement. Um, I've been, I enjoy studying the movements, the, the way, you know, the way the body works. And I think a lot of that comes from being a thrower as well. I mean, not just uh, throwing in high school, but I threw in a Highland game, traditional Scottish games for 26 years. Um, Still, still enjoy throwing and everything else. So, you know, looking at it that way, um, just like looking at the uh, my idea of uh, core strength, which is the word I, I I don't like the word core, but there's no other way that everybody understands it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. mean and uh, I just think it's such it's so important. And I've done I've done a lot of the things that that are coming in and phase out. I've been doing them since the '80s with weighted planks, um, and I don't mean a 20 kilo plate, like I you know, showed you the picture, you know, yeah. 60 kilo plate on my back and, and doing 40 second holds, 30, you know, 20 seconds off, going back up for 40 seconds. Because I listen to what these scrum coaches are telling me and they don't want them just 
hitting and pushing, they got to push up as well. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to do it for 45 seconds with no weight. I want to make that challenging. I want the muscle to be not just have some endurance, but I want it to be strong as well. Yeah. I like doing good mornings and I use the safety squat bar on good mornings just so the uh, bar won't you know run up your neck. And, uh, you know, I, I like neck work with a head harness. I, you know, I, I like the four-way neck. I like some other stuff, but I love the, the neck, you know, the regular old neck harness. Um, uh, there's a, two things from uh, Sornex, uh, one called a Hungarian core blaster, which is just like a, uh, a plate-loaded um, kettlebell swing with, with both hands can get on it. So, you know, the landmine that they came out with. But the most I get out of that, core or that strength in those abs or that strength in the lower back as well as you know heavy squats cleans i still love standing presses and the one favorite that i don't see enough strength coaches around do everybody likes to do dumbbell rows and machine rows i like barbell rows yeah you know everybody wants to put a hand down on dumbbell rows and you grab the bar lean over to parallel look at the uh, position of uh, someone in the tight five Lean over, get that upper body parallel to the ground, and make them row that thing to their stomach. And boy, you find out really quick who breaks at the uh, thoracic uh, spine, you know, where people, you know, you're like, oh, crap, that's why he keeps breaking down. His just back just isn't very strong. Yeah. It's, so, obviously, for the front five, the, the back strength is, is a massive thing. Any uh, other exercises you've uh, you found started, effective? I started using for like for the upper back and, and the pull and everything, you know, because I want those shoulders to be so strong. Um, I go outside with the straps, or I'm sorry, with a with a, like a small uh, sprint sled. Yep. And I hook. I got these uh, spud straps from Sornex when they first came out. They had they were the ones the first one that got rid of the bar across the power rack, and they went to straps. Yeah. And the first straps were actually crane straps, like the big yellow crane loaded straps. They they move loads with. Yep. I got a couple of those, and I hook it to the sprint sled with a, you know, with a uh, tether, load it up, and I do high pulls. I do rows that way, and I mean explosive rows all the way. You know, I feel it from my, from my head to my butt. Put it, put, put, oh, put some weight on there, and instead of just pulling back like a normal dumbbell, like a normal dumbbell reverse fly or a dumbbell row, I pull back explosively, or I pull up explosively and just walk down the field, walk down the field, walk down the field back. Nice. And most of the time, I, I I make some guys do it when they first start coming in, and we, you know, a lot of times I'll superset it with because uh, you, you got a limited amount of time. So after we're done with that, you know, that main movements, and uh, you know, even though I'm private, I still have to get them out of there after a while. Um, we'll uh, we'll do like standing shoulder press with a dumbbell or or a uh, barbell doing military press. Walk outside. Do that for, you know, eight reps going down, eight reps coming back, rest 45 seconds and do it again. And they just watch these guys just wither away. <laughs> but and it gets them outside. It gets them outside moving. You know, not everybody's a not everybody's a meathead, no matter if they play in the tight five or, or they play out there on the wing. You know, not all of them want to be in the gym all the time. Yeah. So it's if they're outside, they're not thinking that they're actually doing any strength training. And they're, just having, they're just having fun. Yeah, which is which is important. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I want it to be hard, and you know, and the whole idea, you know, I tell everybody, oh, you know, like hard, basic discipline and deliberate training. That that's kind of my 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 four keys to my training. You know, not flash, not always fun. It, it, it's a workout for a reason. 
but they still yeah. have to have fun. If you want them to buy into it, they got to have a good time. And I like when I was with the Spurs and I started picking up uh, them got those guys during the off season, or I would pick up uh, some high school basketball players or baseball players. Everybody I could convince them to weight train twice a week in the gym. That was that was easy. Yeah. Trying to get them at third day or a little bit more, it was hard. So I would go. We would weight train twice. We would do sprint agility work on one day. A lot of medicine ball throwing. I'm a real big believer in the medicine ball. And another day we called it like a fun day or a fitness day. They had no idea they were pushing a shopping cart loaded with 100 kilos or 150 kilos of sandbags or weights up the hill that they were really developing strength with their leg. They were just racing somebody else. Yeah. You know, or, you know, piggyback carrying, you know, their partner up the bleachers at the, at the uh, stadium yeah. or running the stadium or doing, you know, uh, bear crawls or backward bear crawls. Or if I could find a hill with a little bit of turf or grass, start about halfway up the hill, bear crawl down the hill and then backward bear crawl back up the hill. Nice. <laughs> they, but they, they thought they were they were oh, they but they weren't weight training. They weren't strength training. Not to them, they weren't. They were having a good old time out there. They were challenging each other. They were playing. And then I'd see them two days later, and they're like, what the heck did you do to me? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything, man. We were just out there playing, having some fun. Yeah. Like, you just look at me like I was crazy after that. And, and going back to something you said earlier about um, kind of having the sort of, whether it's your core exercise or whatever you want to call it, and then transferring that into sport. It's things like that that really, really do that because, like you say, you're getting them out of their comfort zone in kind of positions they wouldn't normally find themselves. Because in a game of rugby, you could be found in you know any number of different positions that you're not 100% comfortable with. Right. Yeah, and and you, and you got to keep them healthy. Yeah. Um, that was one of the that was one of the hardest things about me because um, I've always been a sport coach. I've always been a strength coach for sport. And when you start going private, you have to kind of put your name out there. You're going to put your stuff out there. Otherwise, you're going to be poor in private. And, uh, you know, nobody knows what your name is for the most part unless the players are getting hurt or they're out of shape. That's when they know who the strength coach is. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to know who the heck you are unless something's going bad. Nobody, nobody sees when they're doing really well. But I really – it's really important. I, I try to keep these guys healthy. So yeah, you're right. I, I really want to put them into, I want to get them as strong as I can in all the different positions. So, you know, it, with all that, with the core, you know, we get nice and strong with all of that. And I introduced it to Ben a few years ago. I introduced it to Owen this year and I had a huge success with a former world power boxing champion. I completely changed his whole career in his thirties by teaching him how to not just to sprint, you know, not the long, slow distance that he was doing, but, you know, different sprint drills, um, you know, 400-meter runs with, you know, certain times and everything. But I took him to the wall with a four-kilo medicine ball, and I introduced him to different throws that I'd learned from Al Vermeil and uh, from Vern Gambetta and ones that I just kind of pulled out of my own and uh, different rotational throws. And we worked up to, up to almost 500 throws a workout twice a week. And, you know, scoop toss backwards, scoop toss forward, overhead throw, chest pass, um, different rotational throws backwards, rotational throws forward, just whatever I could think of. And, and I would sit there and do that with them. So all that work, all that strength, all of everything that you had for the gym, now you can see it. The same thing you can do with the back with doing, um, you know, with doing plyos and some short, short sprints. I can do with the forwards 
because I, I can get a forward to do some short sprints. They're not going to do longer sprints. Yeah. Um, for plyos with, uh, with my uh, forwards, I still like the, the adage from throwers um, doing a horizontal displacement jump, like a standing long jump. But it's the, ju- it's the landing that hurts the most on those guys, especially you start getting overuse when you've got a 120, 130 kilo guy landing. Yeah. So I learned to uh, we jump uphill so they can explode, but they're not going to, you know, they're not going to get hit all the time with all of that when they land or may jump like on a heavy tire that I have outside the gym for flipping. Uh, it's about 24 inches tall and we'll stand, you know six feet away, eight feet away, and just explode as much as they can, and they're just going to land on that. So they explode even more because they know they don't have to absorb all of that when they land. Yeah, that's a great so, tip. Yeah, the feet and their ankles are, you know, they feel great. And, you know, you know yourself, you want them to explode when they get up off the ground. You want them to move. Yeah. So we go lateral. I go, you know, all kinds of different ways, but we just land. And I used to use it for the boxes, but, you know, you always have to stand out there and, and he, some of these guys are too damn big. I, I, I don't want to catch anybody if they miss the box. <laughs> yeah. So the tire worked out, I mean, worked out phenomenally well because it doesn't move. you got a 600-pound tire sitting out there. You can have guys jump on that. And if they miss, all they do is walk through the tire, jump, jump over up the other side. Yeah. So they feel a lot safer doing it. And uh, it's, there's, there's another use for my tire instead of sitting out there until somebody wants to play with it. Yeah, that's, that's some great tips. Um, what This is a, a question we're going to ask all of our guests on the podcast. Um, what do you think is the biggest mistake rugby players make when it comes to strength and conditioning? Uh, for me, when I look at it and everything else, um, there's a couple of them. Um, Treating in-season in season like it's a maintenance phase, that was a big thing for a long time. Oh, we, we're going to maintain. You're not going to maintain. If you're maintaining, you're losing. Yeah. You just get but you know yourself with the guys that you're working with. You know, you've got guys at, at your club, but then they're going up to the, you know, they're going up to the national team. I mean, these guys are playing for 10 months out of the year. What, what are you going to do with an eight-week offseason? Exactly. Right. I mean, I have been, been and Owen Bolt squatting heavy right before – Four days before World Cup, they were doing heavy cleans and heavy squats, yeah. and not not little heavy, heavy. But you just and you have to pick and choose your battles with it. So, you know, I you know designed up the uh, a training one that like that 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 allows us to go hard during the off in season. But I also get great feedback from them, and that's the hard one is you got to have great feedback from the players, yeah. not just you know the analytics, but and not just you watching them, but them themselves learning more about their body and becoming more in tune with their body, becoming more professional. Um, another one is, is, is a lot of times not wanting to uh, do some of the trying to get in and just get get done. Um, not wanting to do some of these uh, some of the older school bodybuilding kind of movements you would think about. Or as a buddy of mine from uh, Sornix, Aaron, Aaron Asmus is a real good friend of mine. He's a world-class thrower, was an NCAA champion, uh, works for Sornex now. He had a thing that, uh, you know, building muscle that won't wash off in the shower. You know, doing those high rep, you know, high rep shoulder, high rep arm work or high rep, you know, upper back work. You know, getting heavier on it, you know, getting some good hard work on it. I mean, I started falling back in love uh, because of him with the uh, old dumbbell pullover. Stretching out my rib cage, stretching out my shoulders. My shoulders feel better now 
in the last four weeks since I started doing that, and I worked up to a 60-kilo dumbbell for sets of 12 and getting a nice big reach on it, I feel better now. My shoulders feel better now than they have in years. And I had a heart surgery two years ago. I got wire and sternum wired together, wired together after surgery. Doesn't hurt me at all. So it, uh, it, it's really, it, it, it think, I think that's a real heart, a good thing, um, trying to make sure that we, you know, we, you continue that, yeah. you know, try to pack on some muscle. Is, that's how I get away with that in-season training. We can hit it hard here, and when I back off, I back off by adding exercises that are still challenging, that we're still using some weight, so they feel like they're getting some good work, and I'm adding muscle tissue to them. I'm keeping that body joint strong. I'm keeping all of that. So, and then education. I mean, not just the not just you know going to school or anything, but the education, learning, you know, learning, reaching out to other coaches and talking. You know, I'm sure that we're, you and I are going to have more than this conversation, yeah. you know, about training and everything else. And when I come over there, have even more or other coaches that we, you know, meet. Um, I don't know what you guys have over there, but um, Hammer Strength is starting to put on some great clinics over the last few years. Bring in, and they're not big like going to the NSCA meetings. NSCA is a wonderful organization. You get some great stuff. But sometimes when you go to the national convention, there's so many people there, you can't get to the speakers. You can't talk to them or anything. So Hammer Strength started doing some clinics that are smaller, and, and, and you can interact more, and it's one day. And um, Sornex uh, has started one with uh, Summer Strong. Um, last year I was at Summer Strong, and while Judd Logan, who's a four-time Olympic hammer thrower, uh, one of the best uh, throws coaches in the nation, if not the world, he was up there speaking, and I'm sitting next to Joe Ken from the from the uh, Carolina Panthers, um, uh, sitting next to Adam Nelson, you know, gold uh, silver and gold medalists from the in the shot put from the Olympics, and then just regular you know regular coaches from the college level and a professional level, you know, being able to interact with them and, and talk to them, uh, visit with them, uh, and that's I, I like to do a lot is um, I go visit I go visit coaches if they're open to you know coming over to visit. Um, Houston Texans changed their their strength coach a couple years ago from the more hit machine kind of guy to a, a guy that's a, a what we call him a sore nice guy, um, uh, changed the weight room, everything else, went back to power cleans and squats and, 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 the, and the things like that. So, but uh, just not training intensely enough all year long. I mean, you, coaches are asking these guys to come in and shape. Um, you got to give them some time off their bodies, otherwise you get injuries. Um, and they need time too, though. You know, they need they need some mental mental health time. You know, they need to take a week off, even though some of them it's harder to convince to take a week off. Some you like, hey, I need you to take three or four days off and shoot before you have. I need you to take. They're already out the door. <laughs> Other ones you have to argue with. Hey, no, you have to do this. You need to take a couple of days and let your body recover. And I think that's just. Being, you know, educating the player as well, not just educating yourself, but educating the player as well. Yeah. So they understand. And that way they know that, you know, you have their best interest at heart and they're going to do anything you ask them to do if you can do that. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, so, Ed, where can people uh, learn more about you? Have, you? have you got any other? I know you've been doing your front five workshops. You got any more of those coming up in the states as well? I'm, gonna, I'm trying. Um, right now, I'm finishing up a uh, a uh, presentation that'll be a two day workshop, and I want to try to be able to come over and uh, do do a couple in uh, in the UK, down in New Zealand, Australia. Um, as soon as I finish with that, um, try maybe turn it into an ebook, maybe. Nice. But uh, <clears throat> um, and in my website, uh, play harder, play hard, train harder. Uh, dot com, nice. uh, and they can reach out to me off of there. I love when people reach out and uh, send me an email off of the website, and uh, you know, be able to trade information, be able to talk to guys. Uh, some of them, some people think, oh well, you're this level coach, and 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 uh, I can't, uh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna waste your time, or you're not gonna want to talk to me. I'm like, when I got regular people, even regular people in the gym, and I'm talking to them. I may say something that triggers a memory in my in my brain that's been scrambled around enough that uh, oh yeah you know what that's right and I take make myself a little note and I go home and I kind of research it. I mean I, I learn from everybody. I, I, I've uh, been blessed to be able to be around Ben and Owen and that professionalism that they have from uh, you know being with the All Blacks and and I think that just comes from themselves, not just the culture. Yeah. It comes from their father. It comes from Ken. Um, you know, he taught him that way. Uh, my association with, uh, my, uh, a real good friend of mine, that's the, uh, hammer strength rep in my region. Um, uh, two of them, uh, Gus, uh, Rodriguez and Riley, um, really good at, you know, and, and talking to them and trying to learn something from the business side of it as well. Besides, you know, doing some speaking with them, business side of it as well. My friend, Bert, uh, Soren from Sornex, um, He's fantastic to, to learn from. He, he's so easy to talk to and, uh, you know, learn some ideas and pull some things from. And then, like I said, coaches that I just reach out, um, you know, you now, um, you know, reaching out to, you know, uh, Davey Gray, who's the strength coach for the Hurricanes, who's a phenomenal uh, conditioning coach. I mean, phenomenal. I, I love his stuff. But being able to reach out and trade information with him, so – I think that's I think that's the one thing that uh, a lot of people forget and the internet's been a wonderful thing for trading information. I mean, there's no way this could have happened, you know, a few years ago or or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just just uh it, it's kind of a uh, like I said it's it, for me it's uh it's what I was trying to stay away from. I never wanted to be the uh, internet guru. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just you you know there's t- way too many of those around. Yeah. And uh, I, I tried to stay away from it. Well, Ben kicked me in the rear end enough times and gave me enough crap to kind of share out, you know, share what I do and, and everything else. Like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. But I just, like I said, I never wanted to be one of those, what I call them, fake, fake frauds and, and snake oil salesmen. Yeah. And, you know, one day I sat in my office and I was uh, just getting some busy work done, working on a presentation. And I started looking around at jerseys on the wall that you know ben and owen have given me from world cup from the all blacks or tim i have tim duncan's actual jersey from the 2000 olympics that he signed and gave me um you know uh, one of the boys i played uh played at texas a&m and then played in the nfl for a few years his jersey and then pictures my degrees my certifications and but mostly it was the memorabilia the, the pictures uh, the signed basketball or pictures with the NBA trophy and all that kind of stuff. I was like, you know what? It'd be a shame to just kind of keep all this to myself. Somebody taught me. 
Yeah. You know, so kind of started putting myself out there a little bit more and it's been fun. And like I said, I'm still leery about being that. I still really don't want to be known as an internet guru, even <laughs> though I do quite a bit of uh, on, online training and, and rec and really enjoy and really enjoy doing it. Um, doing a little differently than, than some of the guys in that I will, uh, I will allow within reason, I'll allow the guys to, you know, especially with the iPhone, you know, send me an iMessage of their technique while they're, you know, lifting. Hey, you know, my power clean feels kind of funky. What, what am I doing? And I can look at it real quick, send back a couple of, you know, quick notes that we maybe have discussed before or tell them what they're doing and, uh, and that. So I don't, but I don't charge them for it. Oh, and, yeah. Just, I want them to be successful. I, that's the, that's the thing is, is I want every, I want them all to be successful to the, to the beyond their wildest dreams. My uh, workout partner, Darren, who I trained this morning, 56 years old, a couple years ago, came to me as a master's weightlifter with technique that somebody else taught him. And we worked really hard to work technique. That was what he needed. Not what the book said, but what he needed, exercises that he needed. And he's having un unbelievable success in weightlifting now. And you can see, even at 56 years old, how much pride he takes in it, how, how, much, how much fun he has doing it. And, and if you're 16 years old or 56 years old, it's, it's got to be the same. Yeah. You know? I, think, I think that's a, a great way to look at it. And, and you obviously like as well as your sort of worries about being a, a guru so to speak you know you give a lot out and like say people are gonna get so much from that and and you learn from people yourself so you feel like you know you need to give that back yourself and i think it's great and and you've certainly given a a, a great insight to your sort of philosophy and your training today um and i'm sure our, our members and listeners will have will have taken a lot from it and uh just like to thank you very much yeah they can get a hold of me anytime um, like I said, off my website, I usually answer back within a couple of days. That's great. Cheers, Ed. Cheers, mate. So there you go. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree. Some great insights into Ed's work with uh, the Franks brothers and um, some really good training tips, whether it's about you know specific work with the front five, so using the safety bar, good mornings, um, you know, his, his med ball work, his sled work, um, some really great training tips that you can use and apply now. Um, so just like to thank Ed for taking, taking the time to talk to us and share that information with you. Um, so right now, I guess great opportunity to check us out more, check out www.rugbyrenegade.com. Uh, we believe we're the best online subscription, uh, S and C program for rugby. Um, Check us out there. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, loads of stuff going on there. Uh, and then also give us a, a, a five-star review on iTunes. That'd be great. And uh, I'm sure you'll be hearing more from us uh, with these podcasts. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Renegade Podcast. For more quality rugby strength and conditioning information, check us out at rugbyrenegade.com. Rugby Renegade, building machines.